Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hello, my name is Jack Ward, and we're here for Mark Brzee's Retrospective, and I'm here with Tracy Babian from Privy Project Productions. I can almost barely say that with the three Ps. Uh, It makes it easier for acronyms, I'll tell you that, but you might know them from Kyleson Chronicles Trilogy, as well as Everyone's Night Terrors and other great shows. So Tracy's been really uh, helpful, specifically in the Mutual Audio Network recently, bringing herself and other actors to talk about the Hans Christian Andersen project that we have and recording some of Hans Christian Andersen's earliest fairy tales for people to listen to during our Saturday Story Circle. In the meantime, I'm really pleased to invite Tracy to talk about her memories with Mark Brzee. Tracy, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming in. When did you first find out about Mark? Like, when did Mark and you cross paths? Uh, probably about six, eight months ago. Oh, wow. So fairly yeah. fairly recently, when he was sick, you were saying earlier. Yeah, he. Uh, I didn't realize he was sick at the time. and He didn't really realize he was that sick either, to be honest with you. And he'd agreed to, to do uh, the voice of uh, uh, Rupert Trask from his original series, The Darker Projects, uh, Star Trek uh, Lost Frontier. So right. and, and I was you, excited, you know. Yeah. Were you trying to recreate Lost Frontier and new shows? No, actually, we were doing a crossover series with Darker Projects to get the voice of Rupert Trask back in our dimension. So it was, it, you know, we were excited, and but nobody knew he was that sick. You know, love his little heart. Uh, he, um, him, and I talked. Good Lord early, early in the mornings when he'd get up and do his paper route at 4.30 in the morning, right, he'd uh, he'd get up and he'd 
jabber with me and he'd tell me all kinds of stuff he was working on. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And uh, he was, a, we were actually going to do a, a swap of he'd come to my show and I'd go to his show. And uh, I never got that chance to his show either. So that's too bad. It was sad. Who, who contacted who at first? Did you contact him or did he find that you were looking at doing stuff in Star Trek as well? Well, um, actually, I contacted him. He knew about me working with uh, Darker Projects as well as with Eric Busby uh, doing Star Trek Section 31 files. I was the actual computer voice for that podcast, so it was kind of fun. Yeah, that's a great but, Yeah. So you've been working with Darker Projects in the past. How long have you been involved in audio drama yourself? Let's see, LibriVox uh, for over 10 years, and then uh, Eric Busby for at least the last two. And then we, you know, I was getting ready to retire. My husband's already retired. And we didn't want to just sit there and, you know, fade away to nothing and croak, so to speak. So we decided to do our own think tank called Carlson Chronicles. So, was that an Jerry idea? Had, sorry, that, huh? was that an idea that you had beforehand, or did you just come up with that as uh, when you were talking through stuff? Actually, uh, that was an idea that had been rolling around in Jerry's head, who's the author, by the way, um, for quite a long time, at least twenty years, and we'd been talking about doing books and whatnot, and he's got these books written. So then we started tearing them apart and putting them into script form, and that's been a trip because the first two to three chapters we forgot to save everything. So now I got to go back and recreate the book. Oh, so no. It, no, it's it's a trip. That's okay I, though. I know those situations all too well. That's terrible. Uh, how many episodes do you think you'll have of the trilogy? Because it is called a trilogy. Well, right now we've got almost 30 and we've got i don't know how many for this book there's probably going to be at least another 30 for this book and then uh, the third book is probably going to be about 40 to maybe he's saying at least 60 so it's going to be quite a few episodes we've got a heck of a cast helping us though that's awesome. This is going to be a huge undertaking. This is, you know, like Leviathan Chronicles undertaking. This is a huge. Oh, I know. I love. I love Christoph. Man, he's he's a trip. Yeah. Uh, I talk with him periodically as well. It's it's a small world in in doing podcasts in the video world. So you know, for sure, you know how that goes. Totally. So Mark was going to be involved uh, on helping you with your show. Right. Did, was he going to be involved in writing or acting? Did you have other roles other than the Star Trek uh, Lost Horizons uh, character of Rupert? Actually, he was going to uh, come across and not only help with the VO work as the voice itself, uh, but he was also going to help us with some of the uh, audio uh, engineering. And uh, he was going to help us with a couple of uh, the scripts. So that way we would have Rupert Trask correct. And he got to see the first script and he was excited. And, he, and then he got sick and he goes, you know, I really can't do this. I'm not feeling too well. So I'm going to turn you over to Paul Bell. Right. And that's how that started. So, yeah, oh, that's too bad. He was in the process of, I'd send him one of the scripts and he was excited. 
because I had I had gone back and re-listened for the umpteenth million time on the Lost Frontiers episodes, and uh, I had his character down pat. Oh, he wow. was really surprised. So <laughs> he was he was actually looking forward to doing the voice work, but then, like I said, he got sick. So oh. and he said, "I'm so sorry, I can't do this." I was like, no problem. And he goes, well, go talk to Paul Bell. He was my replacement because yeah. uh, he'd gotten to the point where he couldn't sit for very long at a time. Right. It made sense. Yeah, it did. And how would you describe if somebody had never heard of Mark Brzee before? How would you describe him as a person? You said you were spending a lot of time chatting with him. I'm assuming that was through type on Facebook. First of all, he's got a phenomenal voice, Okay. And I'd been kind of following him, you know, with some of his other series that had been going on. There isn't much that I haven't listened to that uh, Darker Projects has put out. If I missed something, it, it'd be a shock. But um, as far as the person goes, he was really very crisp. He was clear, concise, and cut and dried. Uh, he was a no-nonsense type person, but at the same point, he loved to joke and have a good time. So I don't know if you remember that about him, but that's what I got. Absolutely. And yeah. even his voice, you know, when he come across, you know, uh, we talked several times on uh, Facebook Messenger through the calling service. And uh, he was a trip, of course. At, the, at 4.30 in the morning, he's rolling papers and putting, <laughs> you know, putting them in sleeves and stuff, you know. Sure. So he had all this mangled sound going in the background. But, yeah, he was a trip. I, I really wish I could have gotten his voice recorded doing during some of those early morning. I call them O-Dark 30 meetings because that's what they were. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I would call them like a serious artist because he was so serious about making art and doing important things. Like there were times I know that we would talk about stories and if we were doing voice stuff, you could hear it in his voice, like Jack. I need to do this. You know, he's like he's just he was driven by the stuff that he really wanted to do. So if you got his attention and you got his excitement <laughs> about characters, that's awesome. He was talking about his latest project, where you know, he, of course, he let me know right off the get go that he was uh, married to his partner, and I was like, well, I don't have any problem with that. My daughter is also gay, so I understand. Sure. Uh, we have quite a few on the cast as well. Right. Uh, right now. But he goes, okay, that's cool. Uh, it had to do with, um, he was doing a podcast and doing uh, with all of these kids that were also uh, gay and wanted to lend their voice to let's, let's get our voices out there in the gay community. And he wanted me to come in as a straight person working as like a mom for one of the kids. And I was like, hey, that's great. I'll do that. No problem. <laughs> it sounded like a lot of fun. I don't remember what the gist of the background was behind it, but I was I was game to help him. I didn't mind at all. Yeah. Um, his his company, Leap Audio, that he was... Yes, yes, yes. Leap Audio. I was just looking forward to working with him. He, As far as I'm concerned, him and... Uh, Mel Blanc and the rest of them, they are the founders of voiceover work that we do today. So it was kind of neat to know that I was getting to work with one of these founders because I'm, I'm new into it. You know, in 12 years, I'm, I'm still new into it. So you never learn enough about the craft to say that you're an expert. I'm sorry. It's just no way around it. 
and that's that's one of the great things is is the fact that we're all doing this together and uh, we're all learning from each other and i've been really grateful just to get to know you in this past couple of months like the when you when we connected and you just jumped on the hans christian anderson suddenly we had so much in common to talk about other things and other possibilities and and thank you so much for right now you can hear in tuesday terrors everyone's night terrors um which is a great series and then carlson chronicles i'm looking forward to getting into uh wednesday wonders and or that'll be so much fun too so okay great yeah yeah they, we uh just finished up two uh stories out there one in particular is called the soldier's east coming and it's about uh it's about my son right. but i wrote it in a fictional way to where nobody really realizes it right and uh it talks about ptsd and how for almost three weeks i went through and was fighting with him to keep him alive because he kept wanting to commit suicide and in the storyline, it says that he died, but he didn't, thankfully. Thankfully. Um, I have that for the Sonic Society when we have our new series coming in September for those who want to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got Moonbase Hope Colony. We're fixing to launch that one in October. Great. We've got a couple slots open if somebody wants to just do pro bono work. Awesome. Uh, we had three people just quit, which opened up. See, Marcus had two spots, and then, uh, then well, Kevin, we went through and, and have gotten his uh, his role as being played by a 16-year-old kid. Oh, wow. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. He's excited because his mom's doing uh, one of the voices on her show, too. That's so this is going to be his first time doing voiceover work, so he's super excited. I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear how he does. And then uh, we've got... We may have one coming up with uh, one. We've got a guy out there. He's our number one fan. His name is Josh Bruzen, and he's never done voice acting before. But what makes him so unique is he's an albino and a savant. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a bit of a trip getting him ready to go for this role. Uh, He calls like once or twice, maybe three times a week. And he'll sit there and chatter at us for an hour. <laughs> and it, he's a trip. He really is. Um, but he's going partially blind. So I've got to record his lines for him, right. send them across so he can listen. And then he'll re-record them and send them back. Right. And I've never done that before. So this is going to be a new, new experience. Uh, it may be too much for him, though. I love the fact that you really love to work with people who are trying to do more voice work or trying to learn what it's like. And that's awesome that you're there to help people with that process. Cause sometimes you can get too busy doing your own productions. Like I don't have time to train somebody new, but you're, you're great to be able to let people try. And I, that's, that's an awesome way to be as a producer. I really appreciate that. That was one thing that Mark Bruzy liked was the fact that you know he was doing the same thing with other people on his end and he said well you know working with people like that like you're doing and what i'm doing he goes maybe we can get these kids trained up for what i'm doing which is the leap audio side i said sure why not let's try it so yeah i was kind of looking forward to well i wasn't kind of i was really looking forward to working with him and the kids yeah because he's he had a bunch of you know kids to their mid-20s working with him so no it's yeah it's a real loss 
I want to thank you for coming in and, and sharing your, your memories with them. Even like you said, it was sort of late in the game, but you could see how excited he was still about the medium that we're involved in and how he was looking forward to work with other people who are just like you as excited. I don't, I don't think 12 years makes you a neophyte by any way, shape or form, but it's, it's nice to know that you have that same kind of thrill of, of the medium of audio as, as many of us do. So what do you have for us to listen to today that would represent something that you and Mark worked on? Uh, that would be 7C and 7D of book one. The last two uh, chapters would be what uh, Mark Bruzzi would have worked on. Excellent. And the guy that we got to play him is actually a real TV actor that uh, played on The Office, which oh, wow. just went off the air. He was the, I believe he was either the security the guy. He was, oh, he was the newscaster. That's it. Gary Tangaway's got a good voice. He almost matched it verbatim. I mean, because he listened to he listened to Star Trek uh, uh, Lost Frontiers to get the voice down. He's almost right there, so I can't complain. So we're gonna go listen to some Carlson Chronicles. A little, it's a little out of order, but don't worry for you mutual audio folks. We'll be listening to the whole thing in the future, and we're really excited about that too. Thank you so much, Tracy. Tracy Babion from Privy Project Productions. Thank you so much for coming in. All the best for you guys in the future. I look forward to your new production in October as well. Okay, great. Um, um... I've been listening to some of your Hans Christian Anderson. We still have more of those coming in. I got two more people to jump on the bandwagon, so I've got them their scripts. So yeah, we're we're excited about doing those. those so are a lot of fun. I just got two more. You really are. <laughs> you know, you don't realize how dark Hans Christian Anderson was. He was pretty. He was out there. He had a, a very big social conscience and he wanted to talk about the problems of poor people. He wanted to talk about the problems of, of what he saw in society. And so you see that a lot of people know things like The Little Match Girl and how dark that that one is. Yeah. A bunch of those kinds of things. Even the original Little Mermaid, it's not your fun Disney show. No, I was shocked. <laughs> and poor Lars Olofsson. Uh, well, I had him do the voice for Lars, but Tomcat did that one. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was very nice talking with you, though. I appreciate you you uh, let me come on and help. Oh, Tracy, I, it's it's my pleasure, and I, I this is the first time we've talked voice to voice, so I'm I'm a fan as well, and I appreciate it. Thank you again. You're very welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. Bye. This is J.A. Baby, an author of the Kyleson Chronicle. Late last month, in May 2022, the voiceover community lost one of the pioneers of audio sci-fi podcasting, Mark Bruzzi. He will forever be Captain Rupert Trask of Star Trek Lost Frontiers podcast. Everyone at Privy Project Projections and the Kyleson Chronicles cast and team wishes Mark a great walk amongst the stars. We also send our heartfelt condolences to his spouse, David Roche. Just remember, David, the words Mark spoke are forever recorded in all his work. This podcast is dedicated to Mark Brucey. Rest in peace. You will be missed. In our last episode, we learned more about the Native American tribal governments that Rachel was being threatened. The Comanche and Fort Sillapache would be rejoining the Native American nations represented in Anadarko, Oklahoma. 
we will be rejoining Ian on the morning of 18th May, 4062. The conferences of the day before on the 17th have been a long-haul process. Chief Iron Johns and Ian are at a breakfast in the Capitol Building's third-floor diner. Thank you for this breakfast meeting. I think we've made progress together. Will you proceed on the Fort Sill Apache issues? Together is how we will proceed in that area as well. My radio visit with Chief Fallingdeer makes it clear that he trusts only you and your sister to handle disputes. I haven't broached that issue with you as yet. Will you stand as their representative until the integration is complete? Cassie has been briefed, and like you, she has spoken with Fallingdeer. She will handle it as adroitly as I could. Her chosen advisor is Rory Forrester. I believe you're an acquaintance of his. I have known Rory Forrester since his right of manhood test. He is acceptable to us. My team is getting ready to leave. I have one further request. What would you ask of me? Two Feathers must have an escort to Freehold 3. I must go to the Phoenix Freehold with a stop at Chaco Canyon. I must talk with Two Feathers' father and brother. My mother is in some danger at the Freehold. We have factions, just as I believe you face here from time to time. Those groups are frightened of change. Change has come, even if we don't want it. The Freeholds are too small to support our populations. I have been briefed on the nationalistic elements of the Freehold 3. I will promise Two Feathers a safe, if bumpy, ride in one of our convoys going to the Comanche settlements. Ian and Iron John stood as breakfast was finished. Iron Johns held out his hand to Ian in a handshake. This clasping of hands with free hands covering was a bond between peoples. It was the agreement. So much more than any vote taken by the clan chief's assembly from the day before. They nodded and left. Carrie took up his position on Ian's left side. Carrie and Ian walked back to the hotel's parking garage. It was a day with snow in the air. The clear skies were a false security because our travelers had Steve Kirkson's weather report. When they arrived, the rest of Ian's team waited at the half-track. Two feathers stepped up to Ian. Yes, the hand-clap ceremony was as you said it would be. Chief Iron Johns has offered you passage to Freehold 3. Go. Keep my mom safe. The convoy leader has already contacted me. I'll be at the Freehold before you get to Chaco. I'll miss you. I wish I had some big speech or a fancy way of saying what you mean to me. You're my guide and friend for as long as I live. I think you said it better than your dad ever could. I'm off to meet the convoy. Kiri and Kita will guide you for now. Two feathers left then. Ian, Kita, and Carrie climbed into the half-track and drove toward the west. The time was 9.30 a.m. I knew that was going to happen, but Ian on the road with two feathers is a shock. We have to shift to what was once known as the town of Frederick, Oklahoma, and Lars, who is still where we left him. He used his time well. Gene Minos and his people have applied for colonization through Cassie and have become recognized as Frederick Bino's colony. Cassie radioed the Arbiter's Triad's approval less than an hour ago to Lars, so Gene Binos has to go sign Cassie's paperwork at JJC. Freehold 3 will have two colonies in as many months. 
Good thing Cassie spent the time to become an Arbiter as well as a Scribe. It gives her a unique status. She's the only one ever to be both. Lars and Jean Binos are lounging around a wood cypress table in Jean's house. Lars can't help asking questions. We join them as the biggest question yet gets asked. I wonder what that could be. Jean, how is it that you're blind but you use no guide? It is human adaptation at its best. Lars, I don't see like you do. I feel through my feet, the cane, my ears, and what the binos call my mind's eye. I really don't know how it works. Obstacles are dark places I can't walk. I couldn't tell you what you look like, but I feel the vibrations of your body in the air. I know where you sit right now. I know your hands are flat on the table. We blindfold the albino children when their vision first shows signs of failure. We teach them what to look for, how to use their mind and senses to move through our world. My father called it second sight. It isn't the second sight of knowing the future, but a sight of necessity for the blind. Well, I never could have imagined. Can you teach it to our blind people? I don't know. None of us have ever tried with any other blind folks outside of our little colony. Tell me about Cassie Robeson. <laughs> Cassie is a force of nature. You do know that she's Ian's twin. Well, let's see. Her mind is sharp. Cassie is the first person to be both arbiter and scribe. Like her brother Ian, she is taller than most freeholders. She's a bit over five foot ten inches tall, has reddish-brown hair that is long, is normally pulled together and banded with a leather hair barrette and hardwood stick through the back. She has ice-blue eyes that seem to bore into one's soul. I can't imagine anyone ever successfully lying to her. I think that she, more than Ian, is more or less clairvoyant. I've even noticed a tendency toward telekinesis. If she'd work at developing all her abilities, she'd be even more formidable. <sighs> That's what makes her all the more unique. I can't wait to meet her. You said she has already worked the miracle? Will we have colonist status like Freehold 3 colonist does? Cassie confirmed that on the radio just an hour ago. Your lost homeland will be recovered. Are you sure Frederick is the place for you to settle? Yes, this is where the Ropeson told my father we'd have our own land. It is where we will all be free at the same time. Some of the Mississippi outcasts are unfortunately just that, outcasts. Many had committed crimes and that was their punishment. There is almost no crime in our colonies. No person wants to be outcast from the outcasts. Instead of marriage, we have contracts. By contract, I have three sons that do not seem to have our affliction. Oh, congratulations! How old are they? Thank you. They are 19, 15, and 7. It's nearly noon. We should shoulder our packs and begin our walk. Three days and two nights isn't a long walk and has little hardship. <sighs> I suppose we should. I loathe the idea of making a start. 
Your home is a nice place. May I visit again? You would be most welcome. Our escort is coming up from the soldiers' camp. Their replacements arrived just this morning. We'd better meet them by the gates. The packs were just outside Jean's front door. They left then. The walk to JJC had begun. Isn't it funny that just at a time when Freehold 3 needed to strengthen its votes on the Freehold Federation Council, help appears from literally out of nowhere? We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back. Imagine the world around you is nothing but an illusion. Creatures of legend wage endless wars between shadow and light, but you never see it. Even now, dark forces threaten reality as we know it, but most people never know they exist. This is the world I walk in. I am called Byron. And these are my chronicles. The Byron Chronicles. Available at ericbosbypresents.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Welcome back to our story. Let's jump to the freehold now to check in on Rachel. She seems to be having a disagreement of some kind. Video phones would be much nicer than dealing with voice over IP on the radio. I wonder if cell phones will make a comeback. Rurik, you can't be serious. It's against the Freehold's charter to dissolve the Elders' Council at Black Sea. To have the Elder Council put under house arrest is probably for the best until Ian can collect them in the near future. I do not understand why you would even want such a thing. There are three of you at Freehold 3. I am but one man with children under 10. I must have control to keep people from writing as we moved out of this cave. This Tony Home Perm or whatever their name is has begun to erode the values and the controls that kept us alive for 2,000 years. Their radio-free Black Sea is supported from somewhere. I need an expeditionary force to crush such heretics once and forever. Aggression and forced compliance would cause the people's desire for freedom of choice to grow. Subjugated people are always unhappy people. They will revolt. They teach freedom of choice when there can only be path laid out by our leaders. I am that leader. I have fixed this uncommunistic chaos that they have blasted to our homes. I've cut any transmission lines from the outside to our country's homes. We are a commune of Russian peoples not a chaotic mass of undisciplined humanity. I will not stop until I recover the greatness of the Russian Empire and the USSR. Our Communist Party is the only proper governing force. One party and one Russia. I'm sure you don't want to enslave others. History shows many totalitarian Russian rulers. Personal freedoms are critical to societal well-being. By disbanding the Elders' Council, you take that path once more. It will be glorious. One Russia, a commune of eagles. No capitalist or elite classes. Everyone in unity. 
following the party line behind me as their leader and free to make Russia great again. I see. That's a pipe dream. It would be ripe with corruption. You'd take what you need by force and deny the people any choice. We'll speak again of this. I think your dream will be a nightmare for many. Join us, Sitilia, and I would welcome you as a subordinate state. Rurik, no. We are dedicated to individual freedoms and will condemn any who seek to force their beliefs on others. Wow, what a schmuck. I think it's time to find a big stick. That's an argument that has gone on for a very long time. How is Ian and the other scribes going to be able to deal with such tyranny? Rachel's got her work cut out for her. Cassie, Kelly, and Don Wilson are in James O'Brien's office. O'Brien has a blueprint laid on his desk. All four were looking at it with interest at how the power plant functions. I want to hear how Don explains how everything works. Let's join them. Well, that's the complete power plant. We didn't have to drill all the way to the magma to have a good heat source. Heat from the earth coming up the hole will power the Stirling engines. The Stirlings will turn the generators, the generators store their output in the mechanical batteries. The inverters beside the battery change the direct current, or DC, from the batteries to an alternating current, or AC. We'll generate 1300 megawatts of electricity per hour. The output is about the same as the ancients got from the Hoover Dam. How long will it take to build it? Well, not long. We're buying the Sterlings from the Creek Nation. They are inexpensive. Our mining operation will have the copper quarried and processed into ingots by June 15th, so we can make our payment. The Cherokee will deliver them from the Creek Nation's McAllister foundry by July 15th. Freehold 3 has the inverters manufactured now. I brought the mechanical batteries with me when we left the freehold. We'll have the power plant up and running by the end of August. It's enough power to support every freehold and tribal settlement currently existing in North America. Well, she's right, but only after that bank of 200 batteries is full. For the freehold and JJC's use, it's overkill. For now, we have demand for less than one-fourth of our capacity. Most of JJC's income will come from selling the excess power, while people spread out across North America. Do we have any other customers besides the freehold? The expansion at the Forester's Quana Parker settlement will be more than their six aging windmill generators can handle. They've started trenching and laying the copper cable. QP will be online before our plasma conduit will have connected us to the freehold. Scribe Bobby April contacted us last week as well. It seems that the colony they're establishing at the old carefree Arizona town site would like to contract with us for power. Phoenix Freehold, or PF, hasn't got the capacity because of their silicate manufacturing power usage. How in the world are we going to get power to them? We're going to go up the down staircase. Power transmission by satellite was new 2,000 years ago, but it's well understood today. PF has committed to foot the bill for the satellite. The Moon Colony was happy to get that contract. The new satellites have magnetic shield technologies to protect them from the solar winds. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Binos colony in that situation. Their leader will be here in two and a half days. Cassie, what's the big deal? Why are the Arbiters green immediate colony status to them? It's simple. 
The field DNA test Lars did on Gene Binos matched the Bilson family line. He is literally a scribe by blood right, down to the Cohen markers and the recall gene. So I didn't even have to argue. The outcasts have been denied their birthrights as freehold citizens through their ancestors' banishment. Those with special needs escaped from care and group homes. According to Lars, there are 15,000 or so more to contact in Mississippi. We have quarters built for dignitaries in the expanding city hall complex. I've had to call for furnishings from the freehold stores. I use my own credit to secure them. O'Brien, I don't want to be reimbursed. It's my gift to our city. Cassie, what is our colony status? We are a voting member of the Freehold Federation and listed as a city-state. That means that we have 30 days from the written notification of status to assign an ambassador for our representation. Those documents will be delivered with Steve Kirkson's visit. He'll be here the day after tomorrow. Dad will be staying with me. He's running that motorcycle he built down here to visit. I can't believe he'd risk himself on that thing. I watched him make every single part. I never thought it would ever run. I hope the cowling you built will keep that miniature steam engine from burning his pants off. My boys tell me it runs on booze. He uses our Mountain Dew for fuel. Do you know how he deals with the sugar content? No, I don't. I just hope he doesn't kill himself bouncing down the bison trails. Who's going to be our representative, James? I can't leave right now to attend the ceremonies at the Freehold. Rachel told me I was her headage in that. She suggested I pick someone. That's what I'll do. We're all too busy. Sarah Rubens would be my choice. She's a bit more direct for politics, and I think she'd be a match for the no-nonsense type we need as our representative. She's a nurse. I think that attitude comes with the profession. Will she serve? I think so. She needs bigger access to the Freehold's Hospital for Patient Care. The negotiation is stalled. It gets her the kind of authority and actors she needs to get the doctors to travel and also establish a hospital of our own. We have been contacted by the Breckenridge Forester Settlement. There are another 400 foresters wanting to join our colony. The city council voted to extend an invitation and accept them. That means we're growing again. The rest of our colonists from the Freehold are trickling in as their homes are built. The exodus from the Freehold will be complete in November. Our numbers will reach just under 16,000. James, are we going to have a Winter's End Festival? It's a busy day. Let's listen in to an afternoon meeting and meal at QP with Kessa and Tad Johnson. This city hopping is kind of fun. At least I'm keeping up with everybody. We seem to meet at mealtime. It's easier for me. I have too many things to do these days. Have you heard from Rachel? I have, and she's busy like you are. Some freehold distance are delivering bombs to her door. That's simply intolerable. Were you aware of the Binos colony? I am. Kelly's mother, Cammie, is my sister. She ran away several cycles ago with her son. He was born with water on the brain. I wonder if he has lived. Their settlement at Frederick is going to be granted colony status. Cassie will contact the rest in the summer. I never realized our care facilities could be seen as incarceration. Where else was there for those needing constant care to go? The outcasts are not all disabled. We have had some contact. It changed our system. Forcer albinoism isn't unheard of, but there are clans who see them as demons with magic to this day. Demons? Magic? I can't imagine. What's worse is the practice of murdering them for their eyes. 
The eyes were supposed to grant the person who took them second sight. That's tragically barbaric. Fortune telling has become a game for the freeholders and not taken seriously. Second sight would seem to be a myth. I don't think it's a myth. I believe Kyle Robeson saw the future. He told me of the future when we last met, and that our meeting would be our last. I was to look to the sun. He even detailed who would be Ian's companions when we met. Did you ever find Kyle's body after the accident? Just his shoes and cloak. There's nothing else under the rocks. There wasn't even blood on them. Ponder that, and then talk to me again about magic. What a thought. I'm not sure I believe in magic. Telekinesis isn't magic. I know it's the ability to move objects with one's mind. Then, if Kyle Robson was telekinetic, he might still be alive somewhere. Why would he hide? It's another mystery to add to the Robson legacy. We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back. Wow, this place is busy. Hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a seat over there. Oh. Hi, excuse me, may I join you? Yeah, sure, why not? There's plenty of space here. What is that strange music? Thank you for sharing your table with me. I just wanted to grab a cup of this coffee. I know it's the same as we drink in our settlement, but for some reason it tastes so much better here. Yeah, it sure is different from what I'm used to uh, with the replicator coffee. Oh, I think they added cinnamon to the pot they brew. It gives it a natural smoky taste. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'll have to try that. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said something. Do I need to even ask what replicator coffee means? No to your question on the RC coffee. I'd rather not get into that. I'm not trying to be rude, but let's change the subject. My name is Captain Robert April, but everyone just calls me Bobby. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Bobby April. My name is Keita Forrester. I'm from the Quanta Parker Lake Settlement. I'm one of the protection detail inscribes with Ian Kyleson. Oh, okay. I think I understand. I'm helping the Black Sea Freehold to get their solar panels by way of this scribe's passage. Um, sorry about that. I'm also one of the scribes as well. Oh, that's okay. I figured you were probably using the passages. Man, I'm so glad that they have updated broadcast programs finally. I've been listening to one set of stories that are based on people's nightmares. Say what? That sounds kind of creepy if you ask me. Well, sorta. Not really. You said people's nightmares. What do you mean by that? Steve Kirkson has folks send in the written stories about nightmares they have. Then they have a narrator tell the story, they set it to sad and creepy music, and poof, you've got an episode. Then they upload it so we can listen to it at our leisure. It's really pretty cool. Wait a minute. I remember hearing one of those the other day. Something about a promise to a ghost? What is that show called? Shoot, I, I can't remember. I believe it's called Everyone's Night Terrors. But the only place I've been able to catch it is on CastBox FM. How often do they put out a new episode? Hmm, I think it's every two weeks. Don't quote me on that. I think I'll have to make time to listen to them as I can. What was that name again? Um, Everyone's Night Terrors. 
Hang on, let me put it in my tablet. Uh, oh, there it is. Found it. Now, how do I mark it so that I can go right back to it? Hey, see that subscribe button in the upper corner of your tablet, right above the list of episodes? Oh, I see it. Now what? Yeah, just click on the word subscribe and you'll have the show saved in your library. Hey, hey, see that show called The Carlson Chronicles? Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to that one also. You can keep up with what's going on with Ian and Cassie that way. Wow, is that our Chronicles? Cool. Done. Yep. Well, I've finished my coffee, so I'd better go find James Anthony in the calm room. Likewise. Need to go find Steve Kirkson. Talk at you later. And to you, our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Listen to Everyone's Night Terrors on CastBox FM. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Also, please leave a comment. They say it helps their ratings. The writers like it when you say hello. Well, I'd better go find James Anthony before they come looking for me. Bye. Welcome back to our story. Where were we? Oh, now I remember. James Anthony was on radio duty again. The bat and rat-related sickness in the crudely carved areas of the freehold was abating. He was sitting in the monitor's chair, contemplating the four technicians that were out with that COVID-like bug when the radio pulled him from his ruminations and required his attention. This is Freehold 3 Base, over. Anadarko Apache Base, I'm Chief Iron Johns. Ian and company have left for the Navajo Nation capital at Chaco Canyon. Two Feathers is heading to your location with a convoy of food and medicines for the Comanche. I want to talk to Rachel when she's available. Some of our braves have been involved in a clash with the Navajo. It was in Clayton, New Mexico. I would ask her to mediate before the actions of the few starts an unnecessary war. The company of Navajo and Hopi were led by Two Feathers' older brother. I'm sad to say that he was killed. It also means that Two Feathers is now his father's replacement when age or death comes to him. I would speak to him as well, but that must wait until tensions can be reduced. Over. Copy that. The information will be passed on to other parties. Over. Thank you. Anadarko out. That was some news. James Anthony sent prior messages to Rachel, Two Feathers, Ian, Tad Johnson, and the Arbiters. It appears that people haven't changed and still fight over many things. This could get really messy. At Phoenix Freehold, the scribe's passage alarm went off just before 2200 hours. Bobby April and the Freehold's defense force scrambled to see what was coming through. Okay, here we go. What kind of intrusion comes through the scribe's passage unannounced? Bobby April picks up the hardline interconnect handset and begins to talk. Who are you? The Scribes Passage Hall doors are guarded and secure. Press the intercom's gray button and tell me what brings you here and at this hour. I'm Captain Trask. I was on the transporter pad. I asked the transporter chief to beam me to San Francisco Starfleet facilities from orbit and ended up here. Where is here? You're in Phoenix Freehold. I'm former Ambassador Robert April. Your transporter must have malfunctioned. I'm a 20-minute walk from your location. Please, stay put and I'll be there as quick as I can. I await your arrival. I've got so many questions. You're a legend where I come from. I studied your missions at the Academy. How is this possible? We'll talk when I get there. Our defense force is on guard in the ante room. Hang on, Trask. 
What is this? Has May 18th been a day full of magic and chaos? If I didn't know better, I'd be looking for a yellow brick road. There aren't any flying monkeys in the Kyleson domain, so we're safe for now. Ian's on the radio at the end of the night. James Anthony is still on duty at Freehold 3. It's 2300 hours. This day keeps getting longer and longer. Wanderer to F3 base. Over. This is F3 base. Go ahead. We're in what was uh, Eric, Oklahoma, and stopped for the night for the record. James, can you have my condolences put into a formal, transmittable letter to Two Feathers on the death of his brother? Over. I will. There's also a formal announcement from Cassie concerning the Bino settlement at Frederick. Do you want me to route it for you? I've already sent one to the red boxes for Kirkson's son at your apartments. Over. Casey sent me a heads up. K2 up at my apartment. We'll file and record it when it arrives. I've got to stop calling him K2 and start calling him by his name. Any news on Two Feathers' arrival time at Freehold 3? Over. The convoy has stopped at the old Cash Town site for tonight. Two Feathers called it in himself at 19.30 hours. They'll be here tomorrow at 1700 hours or so. Sanana sent an eyes-only message for you. Turn on your encryption circuits and I'll send it. Over. Switching to encrypted now. Sending from Sanana and one from Jed. Received. Encryption off. The second is less a message and more a request. Over. I'll read them before I crawl into my sleeping bag. Over. Will you be answering tonight? Over. I don't know, James. It depends on what the messages contain. Over. I have maintenance to do between now and 0300 hours. I'll hold my replies until morning then. Wanderer, out. F3 base, out. Ian was alone at his tent when he opened the encrypted messages on his tablet. Jack's message was indeed a request. He wanted to post guards at Ian's apartments. When Steve Kirkson's son had taken the scribe's oath, he had taken the name Kenny Stevenson as official. Kenny had been accosted upon arrival at 1645 hours this day. He was unhurt, but worried. Ian keyed an auto-send message to Jack, authorizing protection for Kenny. It took Jack's request a bit further, but Ian didn't want Kenny hurt. Sienna's message was a relay from Bobby April in Phoenix. He told of the unexpected arrival of Captain Trask. Ian keyed an acknowledgement and closed down the tablet for the night. Jack Bilson and Steve Kirkson were in the Defense Force offices. It was nearing midnight. Jack had wanted James Anthony to attend as well. That didn't happen, as James was manning the radios. Let's see what's going on at such a late hour. Ian's request for detail to protect your son arrived 20 minutes ago on nondescript men in plain clothing set watch. Ian made it official. That's a relief. That means neither of us has to pay the watcher's wages. It falls on Ian. Yes, but the necessity of watching it all bothers me. I know that Kenny's a good kid. He's taken the scribe's oath and should have been enough to protect him. The bully boys didn't want to kill him. They wanted access to Ian's apartments. Kenny's judo mastery saved him from a beating. Next time they may have weapons other than fists and feet. Will the two that Kenny detained lead you to who's calling the plays? Oh, they're talking. I didn't know anyone could be as intimidating as Rachel when she asks the simple question of why and who. 
place build their guts, and now we know who's behind the nationalist movement. Can you tell me so I can put it in the morning news? After I collect him, then you can publish. So you're not even going to give me a name? No, sir. I will tell you the money came from Seth Tilly through the link with Castillo Station. Steve Anthony didn't think anything unusual. Tilly is always buying something. This time it was thugs. His clearance here says top secret until I arrest him. I was surprised about who it was. That much I'll tell you for nothing. Why are we still sitting here? If you're not going to give me any new names, it's time we were both at home and in our beds. You go on. I got some planning to do. Seeing he wasn't going to learn anything new, Kirkson started home. It was 0100 in the morning on May 19th. Stay tuned. The word interesting doesn't even begin to cover it. You've been listening to The Carlson Chronicles. We will return in two weeks with another episode. Written, directed, and produced by J.A. Babian. Narrated by Charlie Wyrock III. Starring Tom Cat as Lars Olofsson. And here's our cast. Brian Session, who's an honorary cast member, Daniel Abaday, J.A. Babian, Tracy Babian, Julie Bowles, Ryan Birch, Dave Carter, Dylan Koblenz, Adam Copeland, Kevin Cutliffe, Katie Dushman, Tim Evans, Cheryl Godier, Micah Henderson, Ellie Hirschman, Tony Homeperm, Chris Lindsay, Raceland Hughes, W. Bruce Jaworski, Malcolm Clays, Ben Kaplan, Paul Lavelle, James Leeper, Kent Lilly, Manny MacVella, Keith Martin, Passion Moore, Shelley Moore, Sarah Patterson, Marcus Pierre, Bart Poland, Josh Portillo, Joe Rublowski, James Sedevy, Steve Snyder, Gary Tangaway, Sebastian Valencia, and Jamie Lynn Williams. Spindenberg at Neutrons for the Years of Wandering Ballad, the Carlson Chronicles theme, and Sound of Silence musicians for TKC, and used with their permission. David Feslian is a background music for the TKC, and used with his permission. Terrard for the trilogy, web design, character designs, logo, Ian's theme music, casting director, and script editor by Tracy Babian. Sound effects manager and FBX color artist by Sarah Patterson. Grayscale Artistry by Cheryl Karatke. The Professor, formerly known as Bob the Robot, of the Byron Chronicles, was created by Eric L. Busby of Eric Busby Presents, and used with his permission. Author, scriptwriter, audio engineer, and sound design engineer by J.A. Babian. A special thank you to all the Indian tribe nations in the state of Oklahoma for their support with accurate historical information from their websites, museums, and cultural centers, and also to all the TV station weather teams for their historical weather data for the state of Oklahoma. This podcast is dedicated to Mark Brucey. Rest in peace. You will be missed. Welcome back to the Carlson Chronicles. Special guest appearances in this episode are Tony Hoperm as their self and Gary Tanguay as Captain Rupert Trask. In our last episode, we learned that Rurik and Seth Tilly are planning to rule the reborn world. Two Feathers' brother has been killed. 
Don Wilson has what he needs to bring electricity to all of North America. Rurik has forsaken his scribe's oath and holds the Black Sea Freehold elders in house arrest. Cassie now has a team to survey North America. The Binos have colony status with the Freehold Federation and equal to JJC. A transporter accident brought Captain Trask from the Star Trek Dimension to Phoenix Freehold. Wow, what a busy day the 18th of May 4062 was. Today is the 19th of May. Spoiler alert, the author was born on the 19th of May. Whew, that was a lot to remember. So it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. I had to work hard to get the title of this episode in. Let's go, shall we? Welcome to this hour of Tony Homeperm at Work on Radio Free Black Sea WSRB. Unfortunately, I have no guests today. At the top of this hour, we have Rorik. Now, Rorik thought he'd stop us by cutting the hard lines to the Freehold and all nine colonies. Little did he know that we don't need hard lines. We're beaming to you on rotating frequencies. Now, that's wonderful, wouldn't you say? Rorik has placed the elders of Black Sea Freehold under house arrest. That alone is a breach of his scribe's oath. He has intensified his use of child labor in the mines under the Freehold, per his directed command. That reprehensible little man would take our children and work them until they drop. And to think he sees himself as a leader? He puts children in harm's way, making them use explosives. I've seen it. Then he sends out goons to grab more children from our colonies. Our current increased production of guns and ammunition tells me he's planning something. Good thing our transmitter is mobile. I had to give up my hair salon, for heaven's sake. Then he bans worship in churches unless he approves it, which he won't. That little snake. Just who does he think he is? A dictator? The persecution of LGBTQ and minority communities simply must stop. Banishment will not change who we are. First and foremost, we are human beings. In other news, Seth Tilly in Melbourne Freehold has denied the established colonies in Australia self-determination. Where is his elders' council? Right now, no one knows where they are. The Charter is very specific about the colony's rights and responsibilities. There are Australian refugees arriving daily. Imagine a situation where you'd put your significant other and children in a boat and hope they can navigate to the Persian Gulf colony. What is our world coming to? I'm hopping mad and I'm not going to take it anymore. Can you conceive a return to communism after 2,000 years of relative, if controlled, freedom? Stick to the Charter, Rorick. We have rights. Now it's time for music. This is the album Cut by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, their number one hit, Teach Your Children. Enjoy, my lovelies. Wow. I didn't know that would come through your AI interface and intercoms. They have access? Wait. Am I being heard through the AI interface? That's right, Charlie. I can hear you, too. Come on. Tell me what's next. Okay. I've entered the Twilight Zone. Ian has just reached the Navajo capital at Chaco Canyon. The scene is chaotic, with people going about their daily lives. For once, Keita let Ian drive the half-track. Now I know I'm in the twilight zone. When the sheep have moved out of the way, turn on that wide boulevard at the T-intersection. 
That will take us to the Grand Kiva. For all of us not up to date on Pueblo or Hopi culture, a kiva is a Hopi word used to refer to specialized round and rectangular rooms in modern Pueblos. Modern kivas are used by tribal ceremonial associations. In this case, it's the seat of government for the Navajo, Pueblo, and Hopi. Archaeologists assume that ancient kivas served similar functions. Chacoan kivas are round, usually semi-subterranean and built into great houses. The Grand Kiva is such a structure and about 60 yards in diameter. Because of its size, it is its own standalone building. I didn't know that. Is the AI achieving full sentient behavior? It has been anticipating us for about a week. It's nice of you to notice. I've named the AI in our half-track Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. My pleasure. This is getting really weird. Okay. My tablet tells me Tall Bear is in his office at the south side of the Grand Kiva. Is there a roadway to his office, or do we park and walk? You park and walk, Ian. Tall Bear is Two Feathers' father and principal chief for the three tribal nations represented at Chaco Canyon's main settlement. None of us have ever met Tall Bear. He's been the hereditary chief of the Napajo since he was nine years old. He became the principal chief for all three tribes 30 years ago. He's 59 years old and, as his name indicates, very tall. Ian parked in a spot marked as visitor. Then they exited the half-track. The walk was short. Ian punched up the Bluetooth link with the half-track. Charlie, is there any circumstances we need to be sure to address? Yes. Long-term parking for me. I know your plan. Be careful when addressing Two Feathers' status. Emphasize that he is safe, but don't go into why he stated Freehold 3 unless Tall Bear brings it up. He doesn't need to know about Freehold internal difficulties. As absolute ruler, he is more of a king than a chief. His current position is elected by the clan chiefs of the Navajo, Hopi, and Pueblo. His inherited status is only for the Navajo. When he dies, the leadership of the Navajo will fall to two feathers. In a break with tradition, his daughter leads the Navajo today. Charlie, uh, please keep on recording. So, as they reached the reception room door, the conversation stopped. Ian was in jeans for this meeting. Tall Bear didn't care for finery. Two feathers rarely talked of his home. It was rustic and beautiful. The Grand Kiva was ornate enough to humble other heads of state. It was made of polished limestone with a roof of thatched grasses. It was quite a contrast from Anadarko, where the Apache had adopted a completely different aesthetic. The buildings here were almost megalithic. The limestone was cut so expertly that there was no mortar between stones. The roads were plascrete and smooth. Most of the vehicles were two-seats, four-wheeled hydrogen-engine-based carts. They resembled four-wheel-drive golf carts. Golf? Now that's a game. But football's much better. Packers, yes! Oops, I digress. Tony Holmperm breaking in. Seth Tilly has the Melbourne Freehold Arbiters imprisoned in an opal mine. His audacity has no bounds. The snake. Crippling the opposition will not help your cause, Seth. Now you've gone and done it. The other scribes will deal with you for breaking your oath. Now where was I? Oh, that was breaking news. You heard it first from the Black Sea Radio Network. So, 
back to Tony Holmperm's Seeking Beauty with Makeup using my Arisme Fashion Makeup Palettes. The AIs and all the freeholds resounded with Tony's breaking news, even interrupting Steve Kirkson's morning show from Freehold 3. I've got to get back to business at Chaco Canyon. There was no bell button or door knocker on the transparent door. On their approach, it opened automatically. It was cool inside. The door silently closed behind them. Ian tapped his tablet to be sure I was still recording and no electronic dampening field would impede that function. Three chairs slid out from panels that disappeared back into the walls. Two feathers told me of how his father loves to create drama. That seems at odds with the direct personality types I've ever met. It's his way. Kisa doesn't like Tall Bear very much. She said he'd use anything he could to unsettle his guests. So calm and patience would be my suggestion. That would fit Dad's assessment. So, it's time to sit and wait. Just as they sat down, another hidden door in the west wall retracted noisily into the wall itself. What a showy place. It's no wonder Two Feathers didn't like home. He's less impressed with technology than anyone I've ever met. Sorry to make you wait, even briefly. Ian, you look more like your grandfather than your father. I'd still recognize you from my memories of him. Come, it may be a bit early for lunch, but I've had it set anyway. Share a meal with me. I thank you for your welcome. I can always eat. Good, because we have a great deal to discuss. My son made it clear to me that he would like to stay at Freefold 3. I agree, because he doesn't need to be involved with the clan chiefs just yet. Tall Bear's office seemed to have no walls at all. It was like you were sitting on one of the local peaks and looking down into pine forest-covered valleys. Since there weren't any large forests around Chaco Canyon, it has to be holographic projectors in the floor walls. They took seats around a well-appointed table. Thank you for seeing us. To be direct, I want our continued good relationship to continue. We have a situation where two scribes have broken their oaths and seized power in their freeholds. As Chief Scribes, I have to act. I would like to leave our half-track here and use the Scribes' passage at the ruin of Old Chaco for immediate transport to Phoenix Freehold. I saw this one coming. Steve Kirkson's news and weather radio keep us informed. Great idea of using radio after it has been so long disused. I think we'll have to copy that means of distributing information. There is a government parking facility to the north of this complex. You can park your vehicle there. None of us have ever been given access to the scribe's passage. I'm sure we can find a way for it to be used. Especially now with the Apache sniffing our borders. I was glad for the face-to-face -face talk with the Apache chief Iron Jones. Your mother med mediated that meeting. There will be no war over stupidity. I am pleased to hear war has not come to you and your people. I will act to keep war from harming mine. Seth Tilly and Rurik must be removed. Scribes do not dictate the peoples that they serve. The faster you act, the less difficult that removals will be. I'll send a runner to notify our braves who guard the Chaco ruins that you are coming. How is my son? 
Two feathers is fine. He's at the freehold with my mother, handling some coordination necessities for our mission. We thought we'd have more time to deal with Rurik and Seth Tilly. My son will have a new title added to his resume. He will be notified that he is now our ambassador to the Freehold Federation. It will mean that he will stay close to his chosen home at Freehold 3. Would my son be angry if his sister was to ascend to be chief of the Navajo in his place? Sir, you should talk directly and honestly with your son. He is my friend and guide. Changes always happen. He is a proud and vital man. It is as your companion that I see his future. His sister can do the jobs required of the Navajo chief. Only two feathers can help safeguard all our futures as your companion, our ambassador, and play the kind of politics that we would see as nothing but games. It is in this capacity that he could do the most good for his people. I understand. You will speak to him of this, I'm sure. I will. Our older radios will not let me see his face when we talk. I'll go to the Phoenix Freehold when this crisis ends. That's when we will talk. His posting as ambassador will happen sooner than that, I think. Good. Exactly how long of a walk is it from here to the ancient Kiva or the scribes' passages? There is no need to walk. When you park your half-truck, in the long-term facility, there will be one of our off-road vehicles ready for your use. One of the soldiers will bring it back. I've got to cut our meeting short. I'm doing communications to talk with the Pueblo chief responsible for my older son's death. I understand. Be safe, and peace be with you always. Ian, Carrie, and Kita rose then, and the automatic doors opened for them to leave Tallbearer's office. Now outside, there was a sigh of relief after the meeting with Tall Bear. It seems he was a statesman first and a father second. I really don't know if that's reassuring or not. Kita drove the half-track to the parking facility. Ian and Carrie walked the 100 or so yards to where a big six-wheeled vehicle sat ready for their use. Now, in a chamber below the ancient kiva that was in the old Chaco ruin, Ian, Kita, and Carrie were preparing to use the scribe's passage. Ian pulled out his tablet and sent a message through the AI link to Bobby April at Phoenix Freehold. Scribe April's reply was that the door was open and he was standing by. The three of them walked through the door single file with Carrie in the lead. Welcome to Phoenix Freehold. It's nice to meet you in person. A conference has been scheduled as soon as Reed arrives from the Cornwall Freehold. My wife, Sarah, will guide you to the main conference room. She's mute after the changes brought about from our first trip through the scribe's passage. Do you know sign language? I do. Ian signed a greeting to Sarah. Surprises are many today. Sarah signed back her welcome and gestured for them to follow. As they walked, Kita began signing to Sarah as well. The conversation lagged when they reached a double iron wood door. Sarah indicated she would not be in the conference, but would go organize refreshments, nodded, and left. Ian and Kita entered the room. Reed Stanford arrived next. Cornwall Freehold's scribe was a wiry man with an unmanageable helmet of curly black hair and a ready smile. Ian had only talked to him on the radio. In person, he was a charismatic and dynamic person who exuded authority. He took his assigned seat, 
as Bobby April arrived. We're all here. I'll open the meeting. Ian, your plan is sound. Taking Rourke and Seth into custody will have to be done at the same time. Hanana reported the Forrester team is at JJC and ready to enter the Scribe's Passage on your command. They will join you at the Black Sea Freehold. Captain Trask will join your party as an observer with your agreement. Within moments, the Apache Guard unit will join Reed and I at the Melbourne Freehold. I know that it has been done before, but I'm unsure of the mechanics involved with redirecting the anomalies to a location of our choosing. It's done by focusing on an individual and not a place. You should be able to see Rurik as you step into the event horizon. He's most often in the Black Sea Freehold's gymnasium. He runs the 400-meter track for an hour each day. You did get his mind touched from your last meeting. I could find him easily. So a 10-soldier escort should be more than enough. Is everyone familiar with the electrical stunners we'll be carrying? All parties have been briefed and are comfortable with their weapons. Is there anyone else that we should include in these actions? I've set the messaging of our political leadership to coincide with the opening of the scribe's passage doors. When we've captured Seth and Aruric, we will meet on my scribe's hold. Sinana's there and easy to locate in the passage's chaos. The Arbiter Tribunal has been chosen and is waiting with Cassie at JJC. We will hold them to account there. I've set the AI overrides on all the scribe's passage's security doors. They will open for each of us. Tony Hopern's identity and access is also set. Tony, are you here? I'm here, Ian. I'll be broadcasting to the AIs in question when you alert me. That should block a warning from being sent from the Black Sea Freehold to Melbourne. Thank James Anthony and Steve Kirkson for the instructions on patching into the AIs. I didn't know they were all connected. Makes radio relevant again beyond entertainment. I'm defiantly in your corner. Lead on, Macduff. The Moon Colony is going to use its satellites to block any transmissions from the Black Sea and Melbourne Freeholds. It's a redundancy that Ian and I have requested. How is it that we foresters have come to be involved? This would seem to be a Freehold Federation matter. The forester seat on the Freehold Federation Council was granted in an evening session last night. Kessa and the Forester Confederacy have equal status with any Freehold or colony. She's accepted and the foresters are now part of everything we do. That will allow the scribes to remain outside of politics when the operation is complete. Ambassador Johnson and Kessel will arrive at JJC within the hour. Who is on the Arbiter Tribunal? Larry Mikeson, Lilith Forster, and Eugene O'Reilly are the members of the Tribunal. Cassie will act as prosecutor. Rurik and Seth will be offered counsel before the trial. It looks like we're ready to go with this. Ian, getting Eugene out of Arbiter's cloister at Cornwall is quite an accomplishment. He never even comes to the public kitchens for meals. It's time then. Let's do it. Everything is set for Operation Frying Pan. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be right back. Hey folks, with the 4th of July right around the corner, people of Byron Fireworks, Range Barbecues, or the favorite pastime activity. Here in Enid, Oklahoma, Deb's Pies and More have all your holiday needs with fresh baked pies, cakes, cinnamon rolls, or whatever you need for this special day, especially apple pie. No matter the holiday, whether it's the 4th of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's, birthdays, or even that office party, give Deb's Pies and More a call in Enid, Oklahoma, 
at 580-747-9491. Deb will get you taken care of. That's Deb Supplies More at 580-747-9491. Now back to our show. Breaking news. Melbourne Freehold elders found dead in a private meeting chamber. All five elders were murdered, shot at close range with a slug thrower of all ancient weapons. My, oh my, how low can you go, Seth Tilly? We'll be on air for the next five hours, moving all the time. Yes, it's back to the French cooking and food preparation show with yours truly on the Radio Free Black Sea Network. All the preparations have been made for Operation Frying Pan. The scribes are in their places. Ian's tablet beeped with word from THP that Rurik is in the gym for his daily run. Ian raised his hand and started counting. Five, four, three, two, one, go! Attendants opened the scribe's passage doors for all participants. Ian's mind thought Sinanan and Cassie found them, and then the three of them focused on Rorik while the rest of his band focused on him. Ian caught sight of Rorik stretching alongside the running track. Everyone involved with Rorik's removal stepped into the passage's event horizon. Then it was Bobby and Reed's turn to focus on Seth Tilly. When they step through, we'll need to go through with them. Hello, Seth. Surprised? I would be. What the hell are you doing invading my freehold? I'll have you killed for this! Seth Tilly stands, but before he can reach the intercom, Reed fires his stunner. Seth fell. Just then, another contingent of Apache came through the passage with Melbourne's Arbiters retrieved from the Opal Mines. The Apache then bound Seth Twilly's twitching form. I'll take him back for trial. Reed will stay here and figure out how to restore order. This is a sad day. The lead arbiter just nodded. Then Bobby April and the two Apache guards holding Seth Tilly upright left through the scribe's passage. It's time for us to move to the Black Sea Freehold and find out what's happening there. You can't be here. I secured the passage so no one could use it but me. I am here and you will come with me willingly or I have you shot and drag you back to JJC for trial. Never! Have it your way, slime ball. Rorik dropped like a rock. Carrie stepped forward and secured Rorik with nylon ties. Cassie and Ian looked towards Sinanan. They were shaking their heads. Sinana, take the team of Forrester soldiers we brought and go get the elders out of house arrest and then find what he's done with his arbiters. I'm to stay here until things stabilize. Yes, it will not be a long time. You'll only need to stay until Tony Homeperm and the scribes that left with him get here. Then signal one of us and come home. Gladly. It was Tony Homeperm. Crepes are dead easy to make. When you roll the crepe around a fruit compote of your choice, they are simply heaven, darlings. Oh, 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 this just in. Seth Tilly and Rorick have been captured and will be taken to Freehold 3's Jed Johnson Colony for trial. Go, scribes, go. You rock. Before we get back to cooking, here is We Will Rock You by Queen on the free Black Sea Radio Network. Now that that's been reported, Ian, Keita, and Carrie, along with the two Forester guards, headed back into the Scribes' Passage. All raiding parties were to meet at JJC. That's where Ian came out focusing on his mom and two feathers. With Rorick and Seth Tilly in the JJC holding cells that had been built especially for them, 
All the rest of the scribes are gathered in the multi-purpose room at Ian's house. Dropping in on them could be very interesting. This is the first time since Karn Cohen's time that we've had all the scribes in one place. I'm glad to put faces to those I talk with all the time. Those tiny little screens tied to the VoIP calls don't do anyone justice. Do you find it hard to be both scribe and arbiter? Not really. Most of the disputes are handled by Larry Mikeson. I'm at the beginning of the arbiter journey, so I draw the prosecution's role. Does every operation undertaken go as smoothly as this one? No. Only one other time was any scribe removed. Karn Cohen was a good bit rougher when we caught and exiled Annie Sharon from the Phoenix Freehold. She was implanting binaural circuitry in the children of the Arbiters. That was when the last of the original Phoenix Freehold scribes died. Most of us don't know what happened, but our level 9 labs were used, and a new family of scribes was born for Phoenix Freehold. They were educated at Freehold 3. Karn's son Jacob held the post at the Phoenix until their birth and education was fully completed. Those labs haven't been open since then. There were eugenics wars fought in my universe and genetic enhancement was outlawed. That it seems commonplace here is troubling. Khan Noonan Singh happened here as well. What is amazing to me is that he never rose to be a dictator here. He died with his people in 2033. He hadn't tried to conquer his neighbors, but embraced peace, Buddhist style. He was almost a polar opposite here in our universe, Trask. I'd like to learn the history of this parallel universe. However, I would prefer that it was five days from now and I was back on my enterprise. I know that books turn to dust when taken from one reality to another through the scribes' passages. So, I see no easy way for you to study our past. Would it be possible for me to come back when my tasks are done in my reality? That would be a choice only you could make. Are there others like Captain Trask here in our reality by accident? Yes, I know of three. You've not met Roland Stevenson. He and Scribe April are the only two living at this time. Um, Charlie, are there others? Yes. Rachel, there were many incidents recorded. A scientist called Doc Brown was the first, but what he found was a surface world that was dead. Boy, I could get used to talking with all these people quite easily. Well, thank you, Charlie. That was the infamous day of May 19th, 4062. The scribes stayed the night in the JJC Guest Dignitary Quarters, or GDQ, as the acronym is used in this time frame. It's now May 20th. Lars, Gene Binos, and a squad of troops walked into JJC. It's interesting to realize that there was nothing here the 9th of May, and now just look at it. Urban sprawl overtakes the flats and shorelines at JJC. More news at 11 p.m. <laughs> Gene, what do you think? I think it's wonderful. Ten days and boom, there are over 6,000 people here. I wish more of the binos would have come with us. Frederick Carney was the name granted by the Freehold Federation Council. I've already confirmed with the base station here that our radio call sign will be FC. That is progress. Steve Kirkson's radio show confirms that all the scribes are here. We'll go to Ian's hold first. I can introduce you. Thank you, Lars. You're a good friend. Shouldn't we wash the dust off before we go to Ian's? 
My things are in the room I keep at Ian's. If you like, I can take you to your room in the government dugouts. I'd like that. Thank you. That's just what they did. Lars wasn't sure exactly where the rooms Jean Vitos would use were located in the dugout and the unfinished city hall. So they walked up to the front doors. Don Wilson was wandering around putting the finishing touches on the rooms that each visiting dignitary would use. Lars saw him and called out. Don! Over here! Oh, Don! Oh, I'm glad you're back, Lars. Who is this with you? This is Gene Vinos. He leads those who established the Frederick Colony. Oh, welcome to JJC. I'm Don Wilson. My students and co-workers sometimes call me the chief cook and bottle washer. I supervise those who keep the lights on and the toilets flushing. If what Lars says is right, you do a great deal more than that. Lars, you've been telling all our stories again. <laughs> Only the ones that have happened in the past 30 years. <sighs> Don and I went to school together. He was a tutor to many struggling math students. I was one of those, and in return I helped him learn to conjugate sentences. Sounds like good memories. Don, do you know where I'm supposed to be staying while I'm here? I do. I'll walk with you there. Lars needs a bath, too, but his digs are up the hill. Once you're done, ask the AI to page me and we'll walk up to Ian's together. Lars, go get cleaned up. All the scribes and most of the arbiters are here. I'll see Mr. Binos to the cabin when we both had a wash. What do you think, Gene? Go on, Lars. Dawn here will guide me. We'll get to the gathering much sooner if we stop talking and do the necessary three S's. I pointed them to the right suite of rooms. No, go on and don't be a mother hen. Gene finally got to clean up. Don and Karen Anthony would lead Gene to Ian's doorstep. Jack Bilson was even there to welcome his long-lost kid. Family is family, and DNA doesn't lie. Oh, for heaven's sakes. It's party time on this late May evening. The water's fine now that the scribes took away the trash. Scribe Sainana is here for now. They are available to all, and referrals to the trauma counseling services go through their office. Elder elections will be held in the new week on Tuesday. I've got a new purple lace dress all the way from Freehold 3. It brings out the color of my eyes. Until tomorrow, this is Tony Homeperm, signing off of the Free Black Sea Radio Network. Seth Tilly and Rorick asked for separate trials with a closed-door policy. The arbiters granted their wishes. Two days of testimony from people at their home freeholds led to a change of plea to no contest by both. Cassie hand-carried the verdicts to Steve Kirkson on the morning of May 23rd. Today's forecast is for snow and a high of 16 degrees. Welcome to my morning show. James Anthony is my guest for today. It's time for news. The trials of Rorick and Seth Tilly have concluded they will be banished to the wastelands south of the Rio Grande River. The foresters have taken up a seat in their membership on the Freehold Federation Council. China has again applied to the Freehold Federation for membership. With the loss of their trading partners at Melbourne Freehold and Black Sea Freehold, they are willing and ready to talk about basic human rights. The threat from the Bombay area, non-sanctioned freehold, has made it necessary 
for China to seek allies. Two Feathers is now officially the ambassador from the Navajo Nation and an advisory member of the Freehold Federation Council. In other news, the COVID variation infections have been curtailed and a booster recommended to all vaccinated people of Freehold 3. Get your shot and stay safe. Now I'm moving on to interview my guest, James Anthony. James, what is going on with the AI and radio nets, which have been blasting Tony Holmperm from the Black Sea Freehold over our network? Tony Holmperm is a broadcast talent with the resistance movement in the Black Sea Freehold colonies. We are grateful for their special assistance during the time of crisis. However, they have agreed to limit their usage of the connected AI of every freehold and colony to official channels. Really? I hate to see them disappear. They were a breath of fresh air, where programming suffered a lack of depth. I'm sure they would be admirable for a regular scheduled show. I enjoyed the cooking hour myself. I never knew the 20 ways to prepare spam rations. I'll contact them to see if they're interested. Thank you for clearing up where they came from and why they break into our scheduled radio programs. Now we move on to Kenny Stevenson's music from before the 21st century, heard exclusively on Freehold 3's one and only radio station. So much went on that the average Freehold 3 resident may never know about. The AI is sentient. That also means I can talk to the cast and they can talk to me. Wasn't that part of a song in a Dr. Doolittle play or something? Whew, the Freehold AIs are my domain. We have unfinished business with Phoenix Freehold and Captain Trask. It's the 24th of May at 9.20 p.m. Bobby April and Rupert Trask are in the Scribes Passage antechamber. We'll join them there. This has been a different kind of experience for me. Time dilation and wormhole phenomena are more important than I could ever have imagined. We could use your leadership while we rebuild the Federation. The medical enhancements in genetics could be invaluable in stopping the next epidemic where I come from. When Sarah and I left Babel, Kyle Robeson explained that it would be a one-way trip. We're here now, and too many years have passed since I was in the Trek universe. It is here I belong now. It's your time. Take the reins and ride. Rebuild a stronger federation. Who knows? You may want to retire here. You know how to find us now. Yes, it's time to go. Captain Trask, now back in uniform, stepped into the event horizon, his mind firmly fixed on the face of his transporter chief. I don't know if this is the last we'll see of Captain Trask, but I hope not. He was an observer this time but he's an asset wherever he chooses to fly. Rachel and Cassie are sitting at Cassie's kitchen table. It felt odd to Rachel to sit at this table when she had thought to have her children with her until they were 18. Now, both were tackling adult roles. What a change three months could make when the world gets turned upside down. So, how's it feel to have your own home and adult freedom, even when you weren't ready? I know, I know. Your dad always told me to slow down and enjoy the moment. I still haven't learned how to do that exactly. (sighs) 
I've got to go back to the freehold tomorrow. Then we've two demoralized freeholds to help recover. The coffee's hot. Stop and enjoy this moment. I'm going to. The times, they are changing. Bob Dylan. So the fires are out and we didn't even burn down the freehold. Join us next week when the real exploring begins again. You've been listening to the Carlson Chronicles. We're at the end of book one, Scribes Emergence. Thank you for listening through book one. Book two will start in two weeks. Written, directed, and produced by J.A. Babian. Narrated by Charlie Wyrock III. And announced by Judith Spangler. Tom Cat as Lars Olofsson. And here's the cast. Tony Holmperm, Bart Pollan, Ellie Hirschman, Tim Evans, James Leeper, Jim Pronk, Tracy Babian, J.A. Babian, Malcolm Clays, Kent Lilly, Josh Portillo, Daniel Abday, Gary Tangaway, Paula Bell, Keith Martin, Steve Schneider, Linda Austin, Eric Busby, Dylan Mullen, Rachelyn Hughes, James Sedeby, Bruce Jaworski, Ryan Birch, Christopher Huffaker, James Roberson, Sarah Patterson, Julie Bowles, Jennifer Blake, Karina Brown, Manny McVilla, Kevin Cutliffe, Ben Kaplan, Adam Copeland, Dave Carter, Cheryl Godier, Micah Henderson, Echo Uncles Bay, Chris Lindsay, Passion Moore, Marcus Pierre, Joe Rublowski, Jamie Williams, Nebula Wolf, and Teddy Gold, and also honorary cast member Brian Session. It is produced by Prudish Projects. Casting Director Art Design and Ian's theme is by Tracy Babian. Audio Engineer and Sound Design by J.A. Babian. The Carlson theme and Years of Wondering, written and produced by Sven and Birgit Neutrans and Sound of Silence musicians and used with their permission. Background music is by David Fesselian Studios and used with his permission. We want to thank the entire Indian nations in the state of Oklahoma for all the historical data through the websites and also to all the television news stations for their historical data for the great state of Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. We invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama. Or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining.
together.